Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Romeo Dubs here listening to Radio Network right now. Um, you know, huge honor, huge blessing. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Undercovered Ops. I'm back. Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. And this week, the show is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Go over to Caesar Sportsbook today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD15 or PODFATHER15 to get a first bet insurance up to $1,500. Now, on Caesar Sportsbook, you can hit any sports you want. UFC was on last night. Do you like UFC? You can go bet on UFC. Basketball's coming up. Baseball's in the mid-peak right now. And football is just around the corner. Just a few days away until the Hall of Fame game in Canton happens. Just a few mere weeks away from Buffalo and the Rams kicking off the NFL season. If you go to Caesar Sportsbook today, all of the games, yes, every game for the 2022 season is up on Caesar Sportsbook, and you can bet on it. You can bet on the Rams. They're they're favored to lose by a point to the Bills in week one. The Dolphins are favored by two and a half points against the New England Patriots in week one. You can go bet on these games right now. Every game's on here. San Francisco's favored by six and a half against the Bears. Do you think San Francisco's going to blow the Bears out? Go take them at six and a half. The over-unders are out. Everything's out, including preseason games. The preseason games that happen in just a mere couple days, like I said before, the Raiders and the Jaguars. August 4th, Canton, Ohio, the Raiders are favored by one and a half points and the over-unders at 32 and a half. That's a big game of question. Normally those games are in that 17-10 area. Will that game go over? Will that game go under? Go over to Caesar Sportsbook today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD15 and get a first bet insurance up to $1,500. Now, training camp, we just threw the first entire week of training camp and it's time to go over some notes this show is going to be pretty short pretty sweet it's going to be all note based and kind of what we should do with these pieces of information that we've been given over the last week i'll come back next week and we'll talk about the afc east and wrap up our divisional recaps for the off season and then we'll get jumping into the 2022 season but for now training camp recap right here we'll start with the pittsburgh steelers chase claypool He's running in the slot. He's a big slot, obviously 230 pounds, six foot four, six foot five, with an ins- incredible speed and athleticism. At Steelers camp, he gets hurt. He gets hurt. Well, we see George Pickens making every play, making every catch, going like full balls out. He misses a he misses a ball that he should have caught, but he doesn't give up on it. He dives for the catch, makes the catch. Every single day, there's more clips coming out of George Pickens at Steelers camp making the catches. The biggest question mark is at the quarterback position. A lot of the reasons that Pickens was dropping some of those balls was Mitchell Trubisky, was Kenny Pickett, to the point where Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, said, yeah, you know, Mason Rudolph is a real shot to win this job. And when he says that, you know they're in trouble because the the thought all along was, all right, Kenny Pickett's coming in here. He's probably going to sit for the year. Mitchell Trubisky, 
He's coming over from Buffalo. He should be ready to, to kind of get that career resurgence. And supposedly Mitch Trubisky has looked terrible at Pittsburgh camp. And Mason Rudolph is actually putting himself in that conversation where everyone else thought Mason Rudolph, if he makes the roster, is going to be the number three. Rudolph is actually in that number one conversation. We go down to Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin was not placed on the PUP list uh, heading into camp. The coaches, are they're not set on him really being ready to play just yet. They bring in Julio Jones. The Julio Jones contract uh, was negotiated over the last few months. And I think Julio strategically waited until camp started. He could slowly get acclimated. He didn't have to worry about going to offseason, you know, non-mandatory things and mandatory things. He just waits. End of July, signs that contract. He shows up to, to Tampa Bay the day after he signs the contract to play with Tom Brady. Very strategic. The thing I like about the Julio signing is Chris Godwin's not on the PUP. They have Gage. They obviously have Mike Evans, who we think Mike Evans is going to be an absolute animal this year. But they bring in Julio, and my thought immediately is everyone's like, oh, that's got to be, you know, it's good, still good for Chris Godwin. Because he's not on the PUP, he should be back. But my thought is they're probably not going to rush him back. They're probably going to depend on and say, hey, Julio, we need like we need five, six games of full tilt Julio Jones healthy. And then when Chris Godwin comes back, you could take more of like a 40% share, 35% um, snap share to play in the Tampa Bay offense. And we're just going to try to get you a Super Bowl ring. I don't think uh, Godwin's going to be back week one, week two. Like uh, some rumors have been putting out there that, oh, Godwin's not on the PUP. That means he's going to be back. Nah, doesn't mean they still can't put him on on these lists, these IRs, these PUPs, all these lists to to prevent him from accounting towards the roster. I think as the season comes down, week one comes around the corner, they're leaving the door open for themselves. But let's be honest with you, if you think Chris Godwin is going to come back from an ACL injury week 16, I don't think it's going to be happening for week one of the 2022 season. I would still bet on that week four, five, six, seven area uh, for Chris Godwin to return. Let's go down to Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was put on the PUP, and then he came off just a couple days on the PUP. Very, very weird, very weird scenario. But over the last couple of days, Isaiah Pacheco has also received a couple of first-team opportunities uh, at the running back position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jerry Ann Ely has also made a few plays, and Teon Fleet-Davis from Maryland is also getting a few opportunities in this backfield along with Ronald Jones and, and a bevy of other guys, including Jerick McKinnon. It's a, it's a wide-open uh it's a wide open competition in Kansas City right now at the running back position. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens as we get down the stretch of the preseason. Let's go to Baltimore, stay in the AFC. Fourth round rookie Charlie Kohler uh, got hernia surgery. Uh, he had a little issue in his, in his hernia. He's going to be missing a little bit of time. So that leaves the door open for guys like Josh Oliver to play next to Mark Andrews and, and Nick Boyle and things like that. At the wide receiver position, however, there's a few guys to look at, and that's James Prochet as one of them. We've seen him day in and day out, the model of consistency. He's being on the field. He's being out there, the first one on the field, last one off the field, and, he, and he's just looking for a role in this offense. So Devin DuVernay fits more into that stretched role. He played, he's been all right at camp, but, but James Prochet has been the guy that's really uh, pulled the attention of these coaches. Also, Shamar Bridges, an undrafted guy, six foot four, 207 pounds. He runs a 466 at 6'4, 207. Um, the athleticism's all right, 34 inch vertical, 10 foot broad, 443 shuttle. He's okay. He's not a super athlete, but he's okay. And Shamar Bridges is one of the six undrafted free agents at the wide receiver position for the Baltimore Ravens and has taken the next step up to make the coaches notice who the hell is this guy, Shamar Bridges. He, he could be that, that next Willie Sneed type where he just fits in this offense and maybe he goes for six, seven, eight hundred yards at, at one point in his career, but he's not going to really be uh, – he's not going to take anything away from, from Rashad Bateman. Let's go up the street to the New York Giants. Dan Bellinger 
at the tight end position. I talked about this. Daniel Bellinger, the rookie out of San Diego State. I said he would be taking those opportunities away from Ricky Seals-Jones. And what do you know? He's running with the starters in camp as well as Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson has shot up the boards on Underdog in the last few weeks. Underdogfantasy.com. Use a promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit match bonus up to $100. Wandale Robinson is one of the biggest risers over the last two weeks. Wandale Robinson in this offense, uh, depending on what happens to Sterling Shepard, depending on the Kadarius Tony situations, I think Wanda Robinson can be a, an important piece, a pivotal piece in this offense where they can use him all over the formations, downfield, Tyreek Tyree Kill, behind the line of scrimmage like Debo Samuel. Wanda Robinson could be a very interesting piece in this offense. A guy that plays that similar role, or so we want him to play, is Rondell Moore out in Arizona. Rondell Moore, um, with the absence of DeAndre Hopkins in this offense, with the absence of Christian Kirk going to Jacksonville, Rondell Moore is going to get a lot of opportunities, and Cliff Kingsbury has said, Rondell Moore is going to play a huge role in this offense. I think you can continue to depend on Rondell Moore and you can continue to bet on him because, I mean, just from looking at the opportunity standpoint and who is in Arizona right now, obviously you have Trey McBride, the rookie tight end out of Colorado State. But at the running back position, it's pretty clear. It's James Conner, it's Eno Benjamin, Keontae, Daryl Williams. But the wide receiver position, Hollywood Brown comes over and pairs back up with Kyler Murray. A.J. Green is there. A lot of people forget about him. He's going in the late, late rounds of underdog, and, and he's borderline free in seasonal leagues. Other guys you have in this offense, DeAndre Hopkins suspended, Christian Kirk gone. It's Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is better than Andy Isabella. He's better than Greg Dortch, both guys that we, we've loved over time. But it, Rondell Moore is in that role because the other guys in this offense are A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley, They're these big outside flankers that really aren't going to do a lot. Hollywood Brown's going to stretch the field. And then you put Rondell in the slot, Rondell's going to get that work in. So Rondell Moore uh, continues to be a guy that you probably want to target in underdog. He's going to the board 117 overall. Obviously, best comparable to T.Y. Hilton with that 4.37 at 22 years old. Rondell, he didn't do a lot last year, but he got 65 targets as a rookie, only scored one touchdown, 7.8 fantasy points per game. Rondell Moore is a guy that you could see take that next step up and maybe average 11 to 12 fantasy points per game playing in the slot with a faster paced, a faster, a faster tempo of an offense, a faster wide receiver on the outside of him. I know Christian Kirk is pretty quick, but you put Hollywood Brown on the outside stretching the field. You got AJ Green until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. You got Antoine Wesley. You got a run based team you have to worry about, and you got an actual good tight end that's that's athletic uh, in Trey McBride and Zach Ertz instead of just rolling with. Max Williams, who the most who they had most of the season last year. Now you put Rondell Moore on the field. He had 26% target rate last year. Uh, he was sixth overall in catchable target rate, uh, 84.6%. And he was seventh in target accuracy. So when he was targeted, he was targeted at all-time rate as long as his true catch rate was 98%, which is number five in the NFL. When the ball is going to him, he's going to catch it. The big question, obviously, that we've talked about in the past is the downfield stuff. When he starts getting downfield and he starts dropping these passes like he did at Purdue, like he did early on in his rookie season, getting the ball near the line of scrimmage, make him make a play with his legs. He can do it. Let's talk about Washington now. The Washington Commanders. Brian Robinson has been the focal point of this whole camp. Jahan Dotson has looked fantastic. The connection with Carson Wentz downfield. Uh, Jahan Dotson is going to make a lot of plays. He's going to be that that Darnell Mooney type. It sure feels like as far as the uh, the explosion. I think Jalen Tolbert, like I talked about before, Jalen Tolbert's the Darnell Mooney of this class, but as far as the year number one explosion, it's going to be the Jahan Dotson show, I think, in Washington. Uh, playing, And I think a lot of that benefits from the fact that he's playing next to Terry McClellan. The connection is there with Carson Wentz already. But the running back I want to talk about is Brian Robinson. He's expected to take a lot of the short yardage opportunities away from Antonio Gibson in this offense. So Antonio Gibson has been 
in almost free fall mode on underdog and in, in pretty much in every format I've been getting Antonio Gibson ridiculously late at this, at this point he's dropped again a couple more spots down to rb25 and this is now the seventh round so he's went from 60 uh down to 74 on underdog over the last three four weeks um just to, again free fall mode 24 years old the closest comparable player to jonathan taylor in the database from an athletic standpoint that's currently in the nfl um i know we like Brees hall and all this stuff but the closest athletic type player that i mean the closest thing to jonathan taylor is antonio gibson but the shin injury, but the lower leg injuries, but he can't take 300 carries, but da 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 da. But Brian Robinson, I don't care. Antonio Gibson's going to be in this offense. He's going to get opportunities. And like we've seen everywhere in the NFL right now, it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. It's Javante and Melvin Gordon. It's Tony and Zeke. They can give Brian Robinson some opportunities, but what I'm telling you right now is Brian Robinson is not going to be a running back that is on the Brees Hall level. He's not going to be a running back on the Melvin Gordon level, on the Javante level, on the Zeke level. Brian Robinson does not belong in the conversation. Brian Robinson is a solid running back. The goal for Brian Robinson is to be your Brandon Jacobs. The goal for Brian Robinson is to be your you know, grinder. You're you're literally what Trey Sermon wants to be. Your goal is for him to, you know, if he becomes a, a lazy James Conner, you'll be happy. Antonio Gibson has an, a, a completely different career arc, completely different opportunity uh, from what he can put on the field, what he has put on the field over the last few seasons. He was RB10 last year. People are talking about him like he was some dusty RB40 uh, they're just going to replace him. He doesn't run a 4-4-40. He's not 24 years old. Best comparable to Joe Mixon. He doesn't have all these attributes. He's not 230 pounds with this athleticism. He didn't have 42 receptions last year and 258 carries. That's not 300 touches or anything. 14 fantasy points over the last two years, 16 and 17 fantasy points per game. These guys are acting like just because his efficiency dipped. His efficiency dipped, right? So he got 85 more touches in 2021 than he did in 2020. And he averaged the same exact fantasy points per game, 14.4 to 14.3, 11 touchdowns to 10. The difference is in 2021, he had 80 more touches. The efficiency dipped. So if that efficiency stays how it was in 2020 as opposed to 2021, and all they do is they give those 80 carries to Brian Robinson, then Gibson should be on the field more and stay healthier and still get those passing opportunities because McKissick is aging and McKissick is not as good as Gibson is when it comes to actually with the ball in his hands. Yes, he's a good receiver, but he's not on Gibson's level when you get the ball in his hands again and again. We've seen this. Give 80 carries to Brian Robinson. I don't care. Antonio Gibson's efficiency will stay what it was in 2020, and Antonio Gibson will pay off at round fucking seven on underdog and in seasonal leagues. You'll be able to depend on those games from Antonio Gibson, even if you look back this last year in games 21, 21, 23, 22, 18, 22, 17, 15. He's going to get you double digit to 20 fantasy points. He can hit that 20 fantasy point game with minimal touches. He can do it, and he will continue to do it. And if you know what? If he loses a couple touchdowns to Brian Robinson around the goal line, that might happen, but the efficiency will spike back up to where it was in 2020. He's in his third season at the running back position for Washington. This offense is going to be better than it was each of the last two seasons. There's more talent to run him with Jahan Dotson, with Terry McLaurin healthy, with a running back, with a more competent quarterback than they've had over the last few years, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, with Taylor Heineke, etc. Carson Wentz might be a joke, but Carson Wentz will be able to make this offense offense take a little bit of a step up 
and, I, and I'm looking very much forward to Antonio Gibson at this value. That being said, Brian Robinson, he's going to get some opportunities. You can't really do much about that. Let's take a quick break so I can explain to you guys Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz is about in the dynasty community. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, all of it. Salary cap functionality, everything is there. Does that sound complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy, which is why we all play strategy. Think more among the fantasy elites. Well, this is a platform to test your metal. Are you a real in-depth? Do you like the first round? Do you like the salary caps? Do you like all these contracts that go into fantasy football to take it to the next level? Still not sure you can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code UNDERWORLD to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Down to Houston, another rookie, John Mechie. John Mechie got leukemia. Um, and, and it looks like he's been missing the entire 2021 season because he's been diagnosed with uh, leukemia. That's a very tough one to to kind of go through um, for anybody in the world. And uh, for John Mechie, the wide receiver for the Houston Texans, it's going to be a, um, a very, very tough face to go through with him. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, in Dynasty, obviously still going to hold on to him. Um, prayers that he can come back a hundred percent and kind of get back into the, into the realm of things. But in, in Houston, the guy you're going to go after is, is obviously Nico Collins, another receiver that went from the Las Vegas Raiders to Jacksonville. Zay Jones is operating as the starting X receiver. Talked about him about one year ago on undercover ops week zero, talking about Zay Jones being that dude in Las Vegas, getting those opportunities. He's the first one to practice first one, to, you know, last one to leave Derek Carson. Nobody worked harder than Zay Jones. And now Zay Jones gets that $10 million contract, goes to Jacksonville, and he's working in the X role in the Jacksonville offense outside of Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault. It's Zay Jones lined up in the X. And the guy that filled in for uh, Zay Jones in the Las Vegas Raiders offense is none other than Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins, you might say, what? what? What, but what about what about Devontae, Devontae Adams? Yes, Devontae Adams is still in the Las Vegas Raiders offense, but there still needs to be that other, other role, right? We have Devontae Adams, we have Darren Waller, and we have Hunter Renfro in the slot. There's one more role, and that's the outside flanker, the outside stretch on the other end. And that's Demarcus Robinson, that's the Mac Hollins, that's the Keelan Cole, Tyron Johnson. Those are the guys fighting for that role right now, and right now at the beginning of the camp, it's Mac Hollins. Uh, that's kind of leading the way and, and looking to get those opportunities again. Four, five, three, forty yard dash, six foot four, just a big target at 28 years old. He really has never done a ton in the NFL. He's had a few big games here, but he's never crested over 300 yards in the receiving game. So Matt Collins getting those opportunities that we saw from Zay Jones last year. Like I said, there's a bevy of guys in this offense from Demarcus Robinson, Matt Collins, Keelan Cole, Tyron Johnson, Javon Wims is there, all the way down to Isaiah Zuber from the USFL. A lot of opportunities in the Vegas offense to kind of latch on, but we'll see what happens. We just talked about Devontae Adams a little bit. I didn't really talk about him, but I brought his name up. And that has been one of the biggest conversations of this fall camp is the Green Bay wide receiver core and kind of what's going to happen uh, over here. Alan Lazard, everybody in Green Bay has spoken about every receiver in this offense. The one that's catching the most mainstream is Romeo motherfucking dubs why why is romeo dubs getting these conversations 
Well, every video you've seen about Romeo Dubs has been a fade route to the end zone where he's caught it. He jumped up over some guy that's five foot eleven. He's six foot three. He's jumped up over this guy and he's caught it in a contested situation. He's he's made some type of movement, and this is exactly what you're looking for in the camp, right? These are these are these Devin Funches, the Terrace Marshalls, the uh, you know, Devontae Parkers, all these guys that year after year after year they look great in camp and they don't do jack squat in the season. It's okay. It's it's it's, it's just what happens in camp because you're not playing full tilt. These cornerbacks, he he made some plays over some horrible cornerbacks, and then he makes one catch over Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes is also 5'10", 5'11". Uh, he does not measure up from a height perspective to Romeo, Romeo Dubs. Eric Stokes was not going 100% on that play. So if Romeo Dubs is only good in the red zone because I've talked about before. He can't separate in the middle quadrants. He can't separate the line of scrimmage. He can't do any of this shit. If the one place he can catch balls is in the end zone, awesome. That means, you know, Rodgers is probably going to target him a handful of times in the red zone. He might catch a couple touchdowns this year. But I tell you what, if you think that Romeo Dubs is going to be the number one receiver in this offense, the number two receiver in the offense, or even the number three receiver in this offense, you got another thing coming because this guy cannot win in any quadrant on the field other than in those contested situations. You watch him against anybody. You put him on the 35-yard line, 70 yards away from the end zone and say, all right, Romeo, get open against Jair Alexander. Get open against Eric Stokes. Get open against AJ Terrell. Get open against Nate Hobbs. Get open against anybody. He can't do it. He gets pressed in the line of scrimmage. He can't win. He's a contested receiver. He runs a 4-7. He is the beta mentality. He cannot win in these certain situations. Unfortunately, it's bad. But in the red zone, he can win. If you're taking props on Caesars, on underdog, Sure, if the prop is a half touchdown and you want to dabble on that every week because Romeo Dubs has touchdown abilities, do it. But Romeo Dubs, from a fantasy perspective, from a true NFL number one perspective, there's no upside with Romeo Dubs. You're looking at Alan Lazard, who's got a built-in chemistry, a built-in rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers has said Lazard's going to have a very easy transition from his past roles to where he was focused on blocking and focused on these other things to being the number one guy in this offense. Alan Lazard's the number one guy. He just said that. Romeo Dubs has had a great camp. He said that. We understand that. Also, Christian Watson has been out. Christian Watson has had knee surgery. He's not been practicing. Sammy Watkins just came off the PUP and will be practicing for the first time this coming week. Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, two very important pieces to this offense um, that kind of was just missing where Romeo Dubs had some great opportunities. Awesome. Randall Cobb. Roger said when Randall Cobb is on, when, when Randall Cobb is healthy, when Randall Cobb is on the field, He's very good. And you know that rapport has been there. So they're going to have that built in. So now you're talking about Al Lazard and Cobb, who are already ahead of dubs. You're talking about Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson, who, yes, they've been off the field. They've been injured. But when they come back on, I have a very, very good feeling they're both going to be ahead of, of Romeo Dubs in the pecking order the minute they get you know acclimated to this offense. Sammy Watkins is uh, – there's been a lot of news and notes about him uh, being in the best shape he's been in for a while uh, and, and feeling the best mentally that he has since he was the early days playing for the Rams in the NFL. And then Christian Watson, from an athletic perspective, from a, from a getting open downfield, from just an overall receiver perspective, is so much better than Romeo Dubs. It's not even funny. You can talk to anybody that went to Senior Bowl, anybody that went to NFL Combine, anybody that talked to these guys through the process. It's complete polar opposite uh, from the mentality, from the what they can do, what they did do, what they will do. And then we're not even talking about Amari Rodgers, who also can play in the slot next to Randall Cobb and who also has been getting a lot of his opportunities. And then there's more. Juwan Winfrey, 
the one guy that has had a great camp that nobody's talking about. This guy, yeah, he's not a super freak athlete, but he's 6'1", 210. He runs a 4'5", He's 25 years old, and he's had, as Rodgers would say, great camp year after year after year, and he does the same thing year after year after year, just as we expect from Juwan Winfrey. Juwan Winfrey, if you're talking about guys that are, that are making waves across the field, running routes, getting open, making catches, making plays, being quiet about it. It's Juwan Winfrey. Rogers, there's this quote last week. Rogers said something about who's, who's going to be that dude. And Winfrey goes, me, I'm that dude. I'm the number one receiver in this offense. Like Winfrey's got that mental up here. Uh, and I, and you know, he's never done a lot in the NFL, but from the opportunity standpoint, last year, he caught eight balls on 13 targets. This is his only catches in his career for being in the league for three seasons. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities in this offense and for people to jump on this Romeo Dubs train and him to sh- suddenly shoot up drafts because of a couple of contested catches in the red zone is complete and utter blasphemy in Green Bay. And I will be holding all of the receipts for all these people that are saying, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs is doing it. No, man, this is Dogwater Dubs. His mentality is broken. He runs a 4-7. He's not an athlete, and he's a contested guy that will fail and fail and fail again. I'm sorry for the disrespect, but just do not get caught with your pants down on Romeo Dubs. Now, let's move on to a guy that we are fans of, and that is Ashton Doolin. Ashton Doolin has been continually, continually growing in this offense in Indianapolis and getting praise from one Chris Ballard, from getting praise from one Frank Reich. He's going to play a role in this offense, says Reich. He's proven and he's earned it. We love him. We're all planning on making him a significant contributor, not only on special teams, but on offense as well. That's Ashton Doolin. That's a athlete that's been in the NFL for three seasons, 25 years old, runs at 443 at 6'1, 215 pounds, and he has had multiple games where they've targeted him downfield. Maybe he's caught it, maybe he's dropped it. A couple of these opportunities. A one catch 52 yards and a touchdown, one catch for a touchdown. He just gets opportunities. It was more so when T.Y. Hilton was out of the lineup that he got these opportunities. T.Y. Hilton's on the roster anymore. Uh, obviously we're competing with Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, uh, Michael Pittman's there as the number one guy. I think they're going to use Ashton Doolin all over the formation as they should in Indianapolis, and you're going to see a lot of growth uh, from one Ashton Doolin. Let's move to San Francisco quick as we wrap up here down the stretch. San Francisco's running back rotation uh, down through walkthroughs. Number one has been Elijah Mitchell. Number two, Trey Sermon. Number three, Jeff Wilson. And number four was Tyrion Davis-Price. That was the pecking order as they go through walkthroughs on this weekend in the San Francisco practices. And the secondary, the secondary has eight interceptions through training camp. Eight through training camp. That's not good. That's not good. You you always hear these things like, oh, these guys are throwing interceptions in camp. Da 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 da. Does it really matter? Does it not matter? The thing is, is when you have Trey Lance, a guy that played one year, then he missed a year, and then he didn't play last year because Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo was playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He comes in, he struggled. He's also has a great connection with Brandon Ayuk. I think that's another one you need to consider is Brandon Ayuk in 2022. I'm very much looking forward to that connection. Uh, I think Lance has a little ways to go, but eight interceptions through camp and Shavarius Ward has been one of those lockdown guys. Ward is one that I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. I just turned in my, my kind of cornerbacks to look for my cornerback rankings on playerprofiler.com. 
Uh, Aaron's going to be whipping up some sick graphics uh, for some of these these the best duos, the best trios, and and some of the undercovered guys at the at the cornerback position because the cornerback rankings are now up on Player Profiler. Javarius Ward is one guy that came over from the Kansas City Chiefs to the San Francisco 49ers, and as I just did my top 160 at the cornerback position for the rankings, um, Javarius Ward comes in at number 25. He's six. He's 26 years old, 6'1", 198 pounds, and he had a solid year last year. He was 24th in man coverage rate. Um, and pretty solid. He's just a load 5.8 yards per target last year in 2021 and catch rate allowed. He was third 46% catch rate allowed coverage rating. He was third and man coverage success rate was 71% means he won on 71% of his rate, 71% of his coverage snaps. That's number four in the NFL last year. So Travarius Ward, I think, is a massive improvement at the cornerback position for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in this defense. Again, D'Amico Ryan's returns. And I think San Francisco is going to continue to grow with health and with wealth on the defense. Mike McDaniel leaves San Francisco, goes to Miami. And everything that we've seen out of Miami's camp is Mike Gusecki will be blocking more in this offense. He's playing that Kittle role. We obviously know how good of a blocker George Kittle is. And as we've talked about in the last weeks, this offense is going to mirror that San Francisco offense. And that means Gusecki's going to have to block more and more. He's been targeted sparingly, which is also a question mark because Kittle was targeted pretty heavily when he's healthy and on the field. We'll see what happens when that comes around. Raheem Mostert cleared to practice. He's healthy. He says he's healthy. He says he's ready to go. It's him, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, uh, a feature in Miami. And then just up the street in Jacksonville, James Robinson is nearly back. He's working on pull-away drills with resistance while sprinting uh, with his Achilles injury in Jacksonville. He's not even on the pup. They didn't put him on the pup, and it looks like he's going to be returning to practice full speed here in the next couple of weeks. It's a very interesting piece because Snoop Connor has been a guy that a lot of us have targeted late in those underdog drafts, late in dynasty rookie drafts, and James Connor looks to be back in the middle of August, and he's kind of going to throw a hamper on those Snoop Connor kind of bets. The one I want to mention here, Jalen Ragger is battling for a roster spot. Last year, it was Quez Watkins and John Hightower. This year, it's Jalen Ragger, the former first-round pick, competing for those first-team uh, first reps, and, and not even the first-team reps, but just making the team. So that is your training camp notes for week one, June 20th to June 26th. As we look forward to the next week, we have the Hall of Fame game coming up this next week. Jacksonville against the Raiders, August 4th. We're just a mere four days away. That's this week. Again, preseason week one is 11 days away, August 11th and August 12th. And the opening night, the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, September 8th, is just a mere 39 days away with week one kicking off on September 11th, 42 days away. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me on Undercovered Ops this week. Be sure to go over to Caesar Sportsbook and use that promo code UNDERWORLD15 to get a first bet insurance up to $1,500. Make sure you're betting on all those futures on Caesar Sportsbook and bet on these games. Bet on this Jacksonville-Las Vegas game. I think I'm going to be taking the under on the total. And I just want to watch some football. We're four days away. Undercovered Ops will be back this next week talking about the AFC East. I appreciate you guys hanging through with me. Until then, appreciate you.